For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, October 19th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Re ...in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Jennifer Thomas and the other Thomas. Yes. Jessica Thomas. I say the other Thomas. I always talk about the Thomas I show. That's more than one Thomas because it's not Thomas's, is it? I always call it the Thomas. It I. can be the Thomas I if you would like it. Awesome, to be. great, thank you. I, I appreciate. But you, you know, it is license. the Joneses, so why wouldn't it be the Thomases? I'm sure proper. It's the <laughs> Thomases. It just seems Thomas I is better for me, and I know several of y'all, so. You know, it's even more fun. There's a lot of us. Yeah. That's right. So Jessie works in our tax division at Hensler Financial, and um, she's a CPA. Yes. Um, she can do all manner of things with taxes, and we're going to talk to her about some of those later in the show. And uh, Jennifer is um, is a principal at Hensler Financial. She also oversees um, many things, but probably your main focus is uh, our financial planning division. We call it planning and implementation because what good's a plan without you taking action on it, That's right? That's right. All right, so uh, we're here to talk about some financial markets. Well, it's one of the many things that we do. Um, markets up this week, up 2.2%. Good stuff, right? Woo! <laughs> there you go. You sound really excited. Jennifer. I am. I am. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Two point two percent health care. Finally, making a comeback. Three and a half percent plus. Uh, communication services up three point three six percent. Industrials up three point two. Consumer discretionary two point nine seven. So, um, industrials and consumer discretionary doing well. That's a. Those are very cyclical stocks. If you look on the other end of the spectrum, utilities down 0.71, consumer staples down 0.19%. That's the only two negatives. Energy, which you can never tell these days from week to week what kind of returns you're going to have, uh, are up, but only 0.43%. Again, overall stock market, according to the S&P 500, was up 2.2%. When you look at uh, year-to-date numbers, we're up 21.69%. That's pretty amazing. That is a good return. Exactly. So uh, we measure back to one year ago, and we were already in the middle of that uh, significant downturn that we had in the fourth quarter of 2000, uh, 2018, uh, where we lost almost 20% from September 20th down to uh, 
December 24th. Um, we look at that, we're up 9.07%. So uh, um, you kind of temper what's been going on uh, relative to year to date, but real estate still up 30% since that period, October 17th of 2018. Um, utilities up 2269 Consumer staples up 1668 Anybody got any idea why that might be? Maybe it's interest rates. We've had a pretty significant decline in interest rates. Those top three sectors uh, generally tend to be um, rate sensitive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, their stocks pay dividends and, uh, you know, the dividend yield makes them uh, somewhat bond proxies is the way we talk about them around here. Um, there is one sector that is negative over the last year, and that is energy. Energy. Yeah, 18.2% it has lost in the last 12 months. Um, we are in the middle of earnings season. We've uh, gotten rolling a little bit. We've got 62, 63 companies that have reported uh, through this week, and that is um, that's our third quarter uh, earnings report. Um, Surprise is positive 3.95% on earnings. Sales surprise is 1.04%. Uh, but if you look at uh, growth, actual growth, so it is negative 3.52% on earnings, and it's positive almost 3% on sales, 2.96%. So um, sales are growing. Earnings are contracting. Uh, but the surprise is positive. Why would that be? It's because analysts actually, actually expected um, our, our numbers to come up even more negative than they are. In fact, I've been seeing about 2.2%, negative 2.2% on earnings is what's expected in the third quarter. Um, <clears throat> and like I say, right now we're at about 3.5% on the negative side. For earnings reports and really uh, most of what we've seen um, – if you look at financials, we've had 18 of 67 companies in the S&P 500 report, 4% uh, surprise, and negative uh, 2.29% uh, earnings growth. So a contraction there, um, it, it's pretty much driving what's going on in the overall market, uh, positive 2.87% revenue. Um, and, you know, I said something about interest rates a little earlier. If you look just what we have right now versus what we had uh, even a month ago, uh, the short end of the yield curve has fallen significantly from 2.05% uh, on the one month down to 1.72% on that same one month. Uh, if you look at some of the ones we look a little more often at, um, the two-year Treasury yield, 172.5 uh, in September. In October, it's 159, 1.598. So we've lost 12.7 basis points or 0.127% uh, in that space. Um, late July, you remember we had that inversion in the yield curve everybody uh -huh. talked about. Uh, basically what that means is the two-year yield was higher than the 10-year at the time. Right. But you can still see quite a bit of inversion. The one-month, two-month, three-month, six-month, and the one-year are all uh, significantly higher than everything from the 
two, three, and five year. You get to the seven year, and it's a little better than everything up to six months. The 10 year is now at 1.755, which is uh, finally higher than all of those. Um, yep. Up until just last week, we had an inversion when you looked at everything from the one month to the one year. Mm -hmm. They were all higher, yielding more than uh, the 10-year Treasury. So um, that's a significant change that we've seen. It's one of the pieces that I watch very closely. You know, the traditional uh, inversion in the yield curve, is um, it, it is a good indicator of potential recessions to come. But we've seen um, since May of this year until just recently, uh, all of those short um, maturities on the Treasury yield uh, being higher than the 10 years, so uh, that, that doesn't bode well still for economic growth. Uh, we got a few pieces of uh, data on the economy this week, uh, one of which is consumer sentiment, and I've been talking about this quite a bit. Um, no matter what the yield curve tells you, it's really the yield curve is about expectations, but uh, something where uh, University of Michigan goes straight to the horse's mouth. They ask consumers, they usually ask about 2,000 people, um, what they believe is uh, is going on in the economy. Uh, they talk to them about current situation and then their expectations. Uh, this week, the overall number went from uh, 96 or from 93.2 up to 96. So the consumer sentiment is actually better than it was a couple of weeks ago. They do this twice a month, University uh -huh. of Michigan. Um, <clears throat> and then if you look at um, both current conditions. Uh, and expectations rose. Current conditions rose 4.9 points. Uh, current conditions, by the way, have been stronger uh, recently than expectations for the consumer, and we've been believing that uh, most of the reason for that is is we've seen um, you know so much on the news about uh, the trade situation, and now we've got even more news to talk about with uh, with the impeachment process. Uh, it just seems like consumers have gotten kind of down in the dumps, or the, or they were. Mm -hmm. So now we're seeing a little bit of a reversal in that, uh, which I'm honestly surprised about. So uh, we've got um, some other information. Most of this just weekly mortgage application survey um, rose by a very minute amount, 0.5%. Um, and uh, most of that was from refinancing. If you want to know why was refinancing at a at a um, increase was basically because interest rates, especially on that 30-year um, mortgage, were up 19 basis points or 0.19% on the week. Um, the average 3.91% uh, on a 30-year mortgage uh, right now. So if you have a mortgage that's above that, at least uh, do a little bit of analysis. If it's uh, significantly above that, it'd be wise to get out and Look refinance. at refinancing. Yeah. But don't we expect interest rates to continue to fall? We do. Uh, yeah, there's an 82% chance, according to uh, the options uh, that trade on the Treasury, uh, that we will have another rate cut even this month. So October is expected to, to show up with a a rate cut okay. uh, and definitely by the end of the year it's like over 92 percent so there you go you're listening to money talks we'll be right back stick around
Did you know that nearly 11% of residents and 12% of children in Cobb County live below the poverty line? That's thousands of families doing without, which is especially sad during the holidays. The Center for Family Resources has been bringing the community together to collect food items for low-income families in Cobb County for over 30 years. Through our Thanks for Giving program, we provide holiday food boxes during the Thanksgiving break filled with ingredients for families to cook their own traditional holiday meal. Plus, since Thanksgiving, we can put an extra strain on a family's food budget while children are home from school. We provide extras like breakfast foods, pasta, and peanut butter for those added meals. How can you help? Go to the CFR.org to volunteer, raise money, or start a drive through your business, church, neighborhood, or civic organization or school. That's the CFR.org. And thanks for giving. You ain't This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, guys, I got a dog of the week here this week, and as you know, quite often I will talk about things to do with technology or business ideas or whatever. This week it's definitely technology and um, maybe a little bit of a touchy subject for some, but the Pope has actually, did you realize the Pope tweets, Jennifer? I know you're Catholic. Yeah. 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 All right, so um, this past week he had a... uh, canonization of five new saints. Did you know that? Yes. Okay, so he tweeted out that uh, he um, he uh, appreciated the fact that, uh, you know, he, he was able to canonize these five individuals for, them, for what they had done. And uh, when he said saints, Twitter actually picked it up and put the New Orleans Saints... <laughs> The New Orleans symbol. Saints symbol, which is the Fleur de Lis, yeah. uh, behind the hashtag Saints, and uh, it it made it sound like he was cheering on the New Orleans Saints. So you don't know he might be a Saints fan. He, I mean, who else would he cheer for? I mean, I bet he cheers Cowboys. for the Padres in baseball. Maybe the Padres, but Padres just father, right? Or is it? Yeah, but no. father's a priest, you know. Yeah. Of course, yeah. But I mean saint. There's no doubt <laughs> in what that's about, right? So anyway, it, uh, it's... Definitely not cheering for the Falcons. Well, I mean, you know, Falcons are birds. Maybe maybe they get some sort of uh, special blessing. No, maybe. I don't know. Still not a saint. No, they're, they're, not, not, a saint. they're not a saint. All right, so uh, at the end of the game, which the Saints did win 13-6, to they decided that they would make even more fun of it, and they thanked the Vatican for their support after the game <laughs> and uh, send out, couldn't lose after this, uh, blessed and highly favored. <laughs> <laughs> so That is awesome. Anyway, I, it, it, I only bring it up because this is probably something that I would do. You know, I, I am okay with technology. I'm not... Uh, I don't embrace it, especially all this, you know, Twitter and I doubt, he ha- uh, I doubt the Pope has as much stuff. experience tweeting as Donald Trump does. you got to be careful know, with your right. hashtags. <laughs> you know. uh, that's exactly what it is. But, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, is there any way that he could have avoided If you say hashtag saint. Yeah, it gives you like a list. So he just clicked on the wrong one. Oh, okay. Do you actually, um, well, and I'm not saying he doesn't and do I'm himself, to, but I think he has somebody else. You. That does it for him. I don't think he personally... (laughs) Well, maybe they're the Saints fan. (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm doubting that uh, folks in Italy are huge fans of football of any stripe. I, you know, if there was a soccer team named the Saints, then there would probably be a little more confusion. I mean, I, I would probably go with that, right? Possibly. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, that was my dog of the week. Like I say, kind of poking fun at technology. Technology is our friend. Sometimes it's just hard to recognize that. Um, so, Jesse, we got you on, and I did mention earlier that you are a CPA, and we have lots of uh, questions for CPAs, and almost always the answer is... It depends. There you go. So that's that's probably number one question on the CPA exam. They give you... A, Big long list mm-hmm. of things, and you just have to check that one box. It depends. Yep. Once you know that, you're good. Yeah, you got it covered. Uh, so we've got a situation we want to talk about. Anton and Asia uh, made a lot of financial transactions this year. They bought and sold stocks when uh, they rebalanced their portfolio. They did some tax loss harvesting in June, which we can talk about that. It's a, a popular way to uh, kind of manage your tax situation. Mm-hmm. Um they inherited stock, uh, keeping some and selling others, and uh, they sold an inherited coin collection, and they also received dividends, which is a, a, a popular thing. They didn't reinvest them, but I don't know that it matters, right? No, not from a, a tax perspective. Yeah, okay. So um, can you walk us through kind of what uh, what to look for? I know there's timing issues as mm-hmm. to when you... Uh, you know, when you bought and then when you sold certain things. And then when it comes to inherited uh, assets, uh, there's also issues that uh, that make a difference on the taxation of those. Um, can, you, can you flesh that out? Yes. So kind of the two kind of holding periods that most people think of are the short term and long term. Okay. So short term is anything you hold for a year or less. And long-term is anything you hold for a year and a day or more. Year and a day. Year and a day. That day is very important um, because it can make a big difference. You know, short-term capital gains are taxed at ordinary income rates, which depending on how much money you've made elsewhere can be as high as 37%, whereas the maximum long-term capital gain rate on the table is at 20%. And that 20% is somewhat rare, too. You'd have to be in the top tax bracket to be taxed Mm -hmm. at that 20%. Otherwise, it's... You know, a lower rate, either right? zero or fifteen. Zero or fifteen percent. Okay, so um, if if uh, you bought something, you got to pay attention to what the cost was. If it's in a taxable account, mm-hmm. so for retirement accounts, this all's out the window, right? Right, because if, if you've got it in a retirement account, you know it's growing, kind of. It's going tax, tax deferred. Deferred. So Unless that's going to be at Roth. ordinary rates either way. Right. right. You're only taxed when you pull the money out of the retirement mm-hmm. account. Right. And, it, and at when you do that. At ordinary income. At ordinary income. Yes. Right. Uh, the only way you can avoid it is really not by avoiding it at all. If you have a Roth, you pay tax on it, then you put it in your Roth. Right. And mm-hmm. you get taxed no more, right? Right. And I, I am going to go against the CPA way and say that, you know, sometimes it's not good to hold it to long term. I mean, we're. As a CPA, I want to save you as much money as I can right. with the exception that I want it to be what's best for you. So, you know, if you buy a stock and three months later it's not performing well and your financial advisor is telling you to sell, but you do have a gain and there are a slight gain and you're wondering if you should hold it until that year and a day, 
maybe three months isn't the right time to do that. Maybe you take the short-term capital gain because you're afraid that it is going to fall to a loss. Um, it's more if you are thinking about selling something at 11 months and 15 days, you know, it, it may be time to consider holding, holding for a, couple, of more for a weeks. couple more weeks. Yeah, and yeah. another situation might be that you bought it and it jumped up. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you've got all, all of a sudden, a, like you've maybe doubled your money in a very short period of time, but you know that realistically it may not stay there, then you may want to go ahead and take some off the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, and that's why t- sometimes tax loss harvesting is very important. That's where you're looking at selling something at a loss to offset any gain that you may have taken. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you do that, uh, you know, if uh, like they said, they rebalance their portfolio. Usually if you rebalance, you're going to have some gains and some losses. Now, we'll tell you in current market environments, uh, especially if you've been investing for 10 years or more, the market has done very little decline. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got significant gains on, on uh, many or most stocks, but, uh, you know, there, there are some. If you've been buying along the way, you've probably got something in there that you could sell at a loss. Now, tax loss harvesting, there's some rules around that as well. Yes. So they consider it what they call a wash sale if you sell something and then within 30 days buy something that is substantially identical or identical. or or identical right um so you do want to be careful there because they will disallow um the loss if you sell and then purchase again in 30 days so with exchange traded funds i guess this makes it a whole lot easier to buy something that's very similar so Correct. if you sold one etf that that followed a certain strategy say the s&p 500 mm-hmm. and you decided instead of staying out of the market with that money le- leaving it in cash for 31 days mm-hmm. you would buy another exchange traded fund that also followed that same strategy the s&p 500 correct you're going to get dinged by the by the irs yes not going to be allowed to take that loss right mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's just because they consider you're you know, you're trying to sell quickly and then repurchase the same yeah. thing for a tax strategy. So they don't want to see that. Um some of the other things, you know, they mentioned the inherited stock, you will get a step up in basis. Right. Um when you inherit you know, when somebody's deceased to their basis. Right. Um so or from their basis. From their rather. basis. Yeah. So mm-hmm. quite often what you'll have is somebody bought Home Depot stocks back in the eighties. Uh, you've got a very low uh, tax basis or a cost mm-hmm. basis in that particular stock. And uh, if they should sell it, then you're going to get taxed long-term capital long-term gain. Long-term capital gain. But it's still going to be a lot of money relative to if you if you just wanted to uh, wait and pass that on to the next generation or whomever. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, at that point, then they get a step up to the cost at the at point the of passing, point of death, or there's or an elected month, month right. for six months. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can you've got a bit of a choice from yes. that yeah. day to six months after, right? Mm-hmm. And the same with uh, I think they mentioned you know having inherited a coin collection. It doesn't say when they've inherited that, right. um, but assuming that they inherited it and held it for a while and then tried to sell it, um, it is important to remember that any collectibles rather than business sales or stock sales are at 28%. Um, so this is art, antiques, gems, rare wines, brandies, coins, anything kind of of that nature. Right. Yeah, some of those things we don't really do a whole lot with is 
investment advisors, but they right. still have. It is uh, out there. Yeah, they still have uh, tax consequences that you can you can deal with. Well, Jesse, I got a few questions I'd like to ask you when we come back, and I will finish this up. But uh, y'all stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. Uh, we'll answer some financial questions for our listeners when we come back. When I think back on all the crap I learned in high school, it's a wonder I can think at all. And my life will be. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm not George, and I'm not here with Wheezy, but uh, I am Troy Harmon, and uh, I'm here with Jennifer Thomas and Jessica Thomas, Jesse Thomas, as we all know her. Um, and uh, we've been talking about some accounting issues, uh, really more about the taxation of investments and, and uh, selling your assets. But uh, if you have a question you'd like for us to answer, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us on our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way that works, you call in, you'll get our recording, uh, you listen to it, leave your recording, including your question, uh, we play the question on the air, and then we'll answer right behind it. Uh, if you prefer not to talk to a machine, you can call and talk to a real person. 770-429-9166 is the number where you can reach us. You ask for the radio show, or you can ask for Kelly Lynn, who is our producer. Uh, she will get us the question, and we'll answer that for you on the air. Uh, or probably one of the more popular ways, you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. And if you wanted to maybe do a little homework of your own, answer your own question, you can go to hensler.com, our website, where we have downloaded lots and lots of stories and, uh, I guess, articles uh, that will help you as long as your question or your problem is broad enough that many people might have had it or... Um, you know, if you if you run into problems there again, email us, call us, do whatever you can. So Jesse, we were talking before the break again about um, taxation of investments and uh, long term versus short term. Um, some of the things that uh, that we ought to know, uh, just as uh, probably the most constant thing in any uh, aspect of life, uh, change has come to investing and that change recently has been uh, the reduction to zero of trading costs at many custodians. I know Schwab, Charles Schwab and company uh, started the started the fight going from uh, it started. I th you know what's so crazy is the very first investment I ever made. Uh, I had to call into a broker. You can't get any of the pricing cost me $125. And guess what? I only had like $1,500 to invest at mm -hmm. the time. It was bizarre and, and ridiculous when you think about it in today's terms. But that is the absolute truth. It was some company down in Florida that uh, was absolutely happy as clams to take my money. And then came the internet and uh, we saw prices fall to somewhere around 20 bucks a trade. 
over the last few years, though, they've gone from 20 to 12.95 to 4.95 to now zero. And what that does is actually help you instead of having to buy in order to get diversified with a single trade, uh, where today you can also buy exchange traded funds. Uh, or mutual funds, now that trading cost goes away and it actually makes it easier for you to buy individual securities, which is one of the things that we at Hensler do for our clients. Basically, we create a uh, mutual fund-like investment portfolio by buying individual stocks for them at specific weights that we deem uh, to have benefits from diversification, sector allocation, and uh, selection among the companies uh, that we look at, which are high quality in our opinion. But, you know, just a couple of years ago, uh, I was talking about this. The market was up 10 or 12%, and I uh, got to look, and, and when I say the market, I'm talking about the S&P 500. Of those 500 companies, about 25% of them were actually negative, while the S&P 500 index was up 10, 12 percent. Mm -hmm. So if you had rebalanced during the year, you might have gains, but you could go back and, you know, if 25 percent of the market is negative, is, you know, has fallen during the year, you can probably find a few stocks in your own portfolio where you could sell those and manage your tax situation. We talked about uh, you know, tax loss harvesting, and that's really the way it works. Right. And, you know, it is great. You, you can use up to $3,000 of those losses every year in excess of your gains. Um, but it is nice, too, you know, if you have a lot of gain, you know, maybe for round numbers, 50000 short-term and 50000 long-term, and you've got 75000 of loss that you can harvest um, between the two. So you do that. The, the only downside there is that that remainder, that 25000 gain, they're going to treat as you know, short term unless it comes from short term stock. So I see. It, you can apply it across, but you know, if it's a capital loss carry forward, they're they're going to treat that remainder as as short term, which may put you in a you know kind of a higher tax situation. Sure. Than the yeah. long term. You rates. just want to pay attention. You know, as you were saying before, when you're selling something for a gain. You know, is it short term? Is it long term? If I held it for just a little bit longer, would I be better right. off? You know, but or is the reason that I'm selling it more important for me to go ahead and take it and take the short term gain? Right. Um, you know, sometimes all of a sudden somebody has a need for the cash and they have to have the cash at that time. So mm -hmm. you have to, you know, do and, what you can. Yeah. Yeah, but if you have time during the right. year and your your situation gets worked out, you can go back yeah. and and manage a little bit just to to keep yourself from paying. Taxes and Jesse, I, I totally appreciate what you were saying earlier. Ultimately, none of us can tell the future, mm -hmm. but what we try to do is manage so that after taxes, you have the absolute best return uh, that that we can possibly get you. Right, and, and you know sometimes you hear people, oh, you know, harvest all your losses, but if you don't have the gains to offset them, and you're only getting three thousand dollars a year going forward, you know are you harvesting more loss than you can use? Right. Um, unless no you're expecting a gain, it. there's no reason to waste it if you think that stock is going to perform better in the future. And right. at the same time, if you have a, let's say you invested in a piece of property that, you know, maybe it wasn't stocks, but you invested in a piece of property that the value fell significantly and you sold it and you had a loss out there. You wouldn't just necessarily, if you, if you, have gains in the stocks that you have, but there are still stocks that you want to own. There's no reason for you to go in there 
and sell them and use up the loss just right. to use it. Right. Um, you know, because eventually you would think that over time you're going to rebalance your portfolio sure. where some of those gains are going to come, you know, mm-hmm. forward. Right. Um, going back to where you were talking about the commissions going to zero, and it is, I mean, there's so many advantages of using individual stocks. There's the tax advantage of being able to right. um, use the loss carry forward. You still would need to have enough um, money to diversify sure. to use individual stocks. So That's just correct. because they've done this, uh, you know, if you, one, you're not sure of how best to invest the money and what stocks to purchase, then you may want to stick with something that is a mutual fund where you know that you're getting something more performing like the market does. Right. Or unless you're going to use someone to help you make those choices or you yourself research and, you know, take the time to do that. Um, The other thing is you still want to have enough money to invest, you know, where you can buy stocks in each of the different sectors Mm -hmm. and um, diversify yourself across the board. Absolutely. And that is the benefit for for exchange traded funds and mutual funds. And to be honest with you, there's a difference between the two. Exchange traded funds usually are what we call a passive investment. Uh, Wherein, you know, if you want exposure to large cap companies, you go in, you find yourself an exchange traded fund that matches the S&P 500. You buy that. Um, with a mutual fund, you go and you find a mutual fund that that trades in large company stocks, uh, but it's usually actively managed by a professional. Both of them can provide you with uh, with the diversification benefits of investments, but um, the one that's professionally managed, while the fees might be greater, the performance numbers that they show are after those fees. Quite often, those folks can beat the market on, uh, you know, on on right. a regular basis. And if they're doing that, really, why do you get caught up so much in the fee that you're paying them if you're outperforming the passive investment strategy? Um, and more often than not, you're not going to see somebody that beats the market year after year after mm-hmm. year. But over a long period of time, the thing the market uh, exchange traded fund doesn't take into account is. When the market's down, I really don't want to match the market. And quite often, active management wins in those tough times when, when you see the market decline significantly. The active manager will uh, put things into place where it's a bit more conservative than the overall market. Whereas if you've got a strategy that just tells you, I'm going to follow the market, guess what? You're going to fall right with it. 52% decline from October 7th or 9th of 07 through March 9th of 09. Uh, you know, that that was a pretty tough pill to swallow. Um, but if you had been with an active manager, you could probably have found somebody in a mutual fund manager that would have given you some benefits from that. Um, the, the great point here is, though, if you buy individual stocks, it's a lot easier to manage your tax situation. Yes, it sure. is. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we're going to answer a few more financial questions. Uh, Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks, and we'll be right back.
We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Jessica Thomas. Jesse, better known as Jesse. Yes. Thomas. And uh, we've got Jennifer Thomas on here as well. Uh, we all work at Hensworth Financial. Jesse's in our tax department. Jennifer, a financial planning guru from way back and uh, also a principal of the firm. I'm just me. I mean, you know, I help with investments <laughs> yeah. here and there, right? Yeah, just a little. Okay. Well, uh, and and I love my job. It's absolutely, you know, what I was made to do, I think. Um, other might disagree. <laughs> I think. I, no, no, I'm just telling you. That's my opinion. Uh, anyway, if you have financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can call our question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. Uh, you listen to our voicemail. You leave your voicemail, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, or you can call and get a human, 770-429-9166. Ask for our producer, Kelly Lynn, or radio show, and uh, they will get you to her. She'll take your question down and... Um, We'll get it on the air. Uh, or you can email us, drgenehensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can uh, get our uh, go to our website, hensler.com, uh, again, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. We've got lots of information that you can uh, peruse, uh, answer your own questions, or, uh, again, you know, contacts. We'd love to hear from you. All right, so uh, we've got a question from our good friend Bill Murray. He's uh, been a long-time listener, and we appreciate that. He contacts us from time to time. He says, I'm 69 years old and doing financially well, thanks to Dr. Hensler's radio advice in the 90s. How about that? He's been listening a minute. Uh, 8% of my portfolio was in Vanguard Healthcare. 8% of my portfolio was in Vanguard REIT, which is Real Estate Investment Trust. These are both mutual funds. Uh, lately, the REIT has performed above my expectations, while healthcare has underperformed. What are your comments and recommendations regarding both of these funds? I own them in uh, non-retirement accounts, and I follow the 10-year rule. He All has right. been listening. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> has. Yeah, we talk about the 10-year rule quite a bit. That's right. Uh, for those of you that don't know what it is, basically we recommend any assets uh, that you have that you know you will be spending in the next 10 years should be held in, in bond portfolios. Uh, the rest of it should be invested in high-quality equity investments, and uh, the equities will help you uh, grow your wealth while the bonds, um, assuming there are no defaults, so we look at high-quality, again, highly-rated bonds, uh, they should... Uh, at least mark time with inflation so that your purchasing power is preserved and your money is not going through the volatility that is the stock market. So um, this means that the the uh, funds that Bill is asking us about are funds that he does not need in the next 10 years, and they're his growth portion. Correct. Or absolutely. part of his growth portion. Right. So uh, Vanguard Healthcare actually follows, uh, its its benchmark is the S&P 500 healthcare sector. Um, and you're absolutely right, uh, you know, over a, over the last year or so, healthcare's been under siege a little bit about, uh, you know, from 
political uh, issues. Um, pricing, profitability, and health care is, is kind of under attack from uh, both political parties. Our president's not a huge fan of companies that charge, um, a, I guess, a large, make large profits in their health care. Mm -hmm. And uh, and his opposition, the Democrats in uh, Washington, are also not huge fans. Um, so it's it's been tough. But uh, I will tell you that when I look at... Uh, Healthcare relative to the Vanguard Real Estate Index, uh, which again, you know, is a, it's an equity-based uh, real estate investment. Um, real estate has done quite well over the last uh, one, three, and five years. In fact, let's go through that real quick. Uh, healthcare is down 3.69% in the one-year period, up uh, about 5.8% year-to-date. Um, the last three years annualized, it's up 8.11%, and five years, 8.1%. Uh, if you look at uh, Vanguard uh, Real Estate, it's up 28% year-to-date, pretty significant gain. 24% uh, in the last year, 8.57% in the last three years, and 9.04% in the last five years, and that's annualized, the three and the five uh, meanwhile, the S&P 500 has actually outperformed uh, on the longer end, but it's up 21.18% uh, year-to-date through today. Uh, the one-year, 8.59%. Three-year, annualized 144 And uh, five-year, annualized 12%, basically. So uh, both of these funds have actually trailed. Uh, I like what you're doing with, you know, getting specific exposure to sectors. Uh, and these two sectors are actually pretty attractive um, when it comes to uh, what what I believe the economy uh, is likely to do going forward. I will tell you that consumer uh, staples will be right there with them, but health care looks less expensive than real estate at the moment. Um, and uh, I would say... If I had to give you advice, I would tell you you could buy more health care and you're not going to be hurt. I would say hang on to your real estate because I believe the interest rates are going lower. When interest rates go lower, the price on those bond proxies we even talked about earlier in the show uh, tend to go higher. Uh, I believe you know, you, you're not likely to get hurt buying more into the health care fund and uh, hanging on to your real estate. Although the real estate does look a little expensive at the moment, I think... Um, you're going to be better off, uh, you know, sticking around there. And I, I do believe that uh, health care is going to be fine in the end. Uh, it might still have to undergo some some uh, issues with uh, the pricing debate and, and all these other things. But, it's, you know, it's a profitable space. And it's also one of those that's uh, somewhat re recession-proof. Nobody's going to not go to the doctor because they're sick because there's a recession. So, you know, while people do have to make decisions based on their economic situation, that's usually one that they're going to still go to the doctor and, and use the goods that are in that healthcare sector, mm -hmm. and it looks relatively attractive. All right, so uh, thanks again, Bill, for, for contacting us, and uh, we've got another question we'd like to cover. Um, we got Spencer from Swanee, says, My baby sister just started college this fall. My parents are much older now then when I went to college and I know she only half listens to what they say uh, I want to talk to her about the credit card offer she's going to inevitably get those are always fun 
Uh, I made a ton of mistakes at her age, and I want to help her out with, uh, without sounding too preachy. Uh, do you have a list of pros and cons that I could uh, maybe present to her? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, it is important when you're starting out to build credit. And there, there are different ways to do that. I mean, you don't have to do it with a credit card. You can certainly, you know, if she gets a loan where she's, you know, purchased a car or sure. um, something like that. One of the ways that um, I also think is good, even if her parents are um, paying for her college, mm-hmm. um, she could take out a student loan and you know, take that money and then pay it back over time. Right. And that will build up credit so that when she graduates from college, she's already got credit built up for her. Um, but as far as the credit cards, and I agree, um, you know, with Spencer is that it, it can be dangerous. And, right. you know, I think um, he's probably not the only person I, I would say that I have done, you know, <laughs> made those mistakes when I was younger, too where you're, you know, you kind of get in a little bit over your head and it's easy to do. Right. Um, You know, I would, I think one of the things that I would do is I would go out with friends, um, you know, for dinner and then, um, you know, we would just want to put it on one card and I'd be like, oh, I'll put it on my card and you can pay me cash. And then the next thing you know, I've got this huge bill, but I've spent all the cash. Right. Right. You know, that's one thing that I would just say off the top of my head, um, you know, is something that you don't want to do. And it is, it's a balance. I mean, it's very convenient everywhere accepts credit card now. Um, But the the problem is overuse. You know, it doesn't feel like real money and there may be unexpected hidden fees. Once that interest, 0% interest period is over, you're you're building that up and you don't even realize it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interest can eat you alive with a credit card. Well, guys, that's going to be the end of our show. We thank you for listening to Money Talks. What do you say? Market up or down this week? Up. Up. There we go. Three ups. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll be back next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.